You're listening to What is Black, the parenting podcast where we address issues important to raising healthy and thriving Black children and adolescents. I'm your host, Dr. Jacqueline Duje. So thank you for joining us for another episode. On this episode, I'm joined by author Kelly Starling Lyons. She'll talk about um, her new books, Ties Travels, and Sing a Song, How Lift Every Voice and Sing Inspired Generations. You'll also get to hear about some of her other work as a co-founder for The Brown Bookshelf and her secret sauce for writing um, such wonderful books. So let's get started with the conversation. So thank you for joining us today, Kelly. It's a, it's a pleasure to speak with you. It's wonderful to be talking with you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's, like I said, it's a, it's, a, it's a pleasure to talk with you. So Kelly, we can talk a little bit about the fact that there's, there's still such an underrepresentation of Black authors or author, you know, authors of color in general, but specifically Black authors. But you've been able to, you know, to write all these wonderful books. I'm just wondering how how is it that we still have um, such a such a low low percentage or low representation of um, books books written by um, black authors for children? Right. So I I think that we still have a long way to go to achieve parity in the children's book field. It's not for a lack of authors and illustrators. It's not for a lack of talent, but there's a lack of access. So when you don't have enough editors who look like you, who understand the cultural nuance of stories, who can relate to the authenticity that is conveyed by what people are sharing, sometimes those stories are are passed on. And I think it's really important for people to be intentional with their purchases and make sure when they're celebrating Black children's literature that they also consider who has created it. It was done by a Black uh, creator. Sometimes people talk about books that are colored in brown, meaning that it's just kind of a superficial, just a skin color and lacking all of the connection that comes from someone who is an intimate part of that cultural background. So I think that the number of Black children's book creators speaks to the racism that we still have to work on, you know, changing. We're going to talk today about um, two of your books, Thai Travels and Sing a Song, How Lift Every Voice and Sing Inspired Generations. And I wonder if you could just share with our listeners an overview of your, your books. Sure. So Thai's Travels is an easy reader series that centers and celebrates Black Boy Joy. This is actually something that is uh, historic for HarperCollins, which is the publisher that has the I Can Read imprint because it is the first easy reader series that is um, focusing on a Black family. So I I feel really humbled and and honored to be creating this uh, along with the illustrator. But the focus of the series is just about our kids and our boys, their brilliance and their joy and their sense of wonder and adventure. And the plot point is that Ty turns everyday experiences into imaginative adventures. So for him, a cardboard box could be a train, a scooter could be a race car. Um, So it's a lot of fun to write. And I'm really blessed that there are going to be eight books in the series. So the first two came out on September 1st. And the other book that um, I wanted to talk about is called Sing a Song. How Lift Every Voice and Sing Inspired Generations. That's a picture book that was inspired by the history of our Black national anthem. I grew up hearing that song, singing it in church. 
Um, and when I was little, I looked around me at people that were standing with their heads held high with this look of pride and awe on their faces. And I knew that this was something special. Even without understanding as a little girl all the words, you got the sense that this was something big and important and meant a lot to who we were. And as I grew up, I heard that song everywhere that I went, Black History programs, Kwanzaa celebrations on the radio. My husband, uh, he's from Jacksonville, Florida, and I got a chance to get to know his home hometown and went to a museum there where I learned a deeper history about Lift Every Voice and Sing. The composers, James Weldon Johnson and John Rosamon Johnson, were also from Jacksonville. And James was the principal of the Stanton School, and he was going to write a poem to celebrate the anniversary of President Abraham Lincoln's birthday. He kind of had a bit of writer's block. He couldn't quite get um, figure out what he wanted to say, but he decided to change it a bit and create a song. He thought about us, his people, our struggles, our victories, and it just came out in a rush. His brother was a pianist and composed. They collaborated back and forth on the spot. It was sung for the first time, February 12th, 1900, by a choir of 500 kids. And the part that really struck me was that the Johnson brothers wrote hundreds of songs and they moved from Jacksonville to, to New York and other places around the country. But those kids never forgot, left every voice and sang. And when they grew up and they became mamas and daddies and preachers and teachers, and some stayed in Jacksonville and some moved with the Great Migration to the North and out West, they took the song with them. And that was the foundation of it becoming our Black National Anthem. So the book pays tribute to that. It's a story told through five generations of one family who passed the song down. Oh, that's amazing. And, you know, as, as you were talking, I was definitely thinking about, you know, so this so this episode will be during the second half of, se- of my season two of the podcast. And I think, you know, I think there's a through line with um, with the remainder of this, um, you know, these episodes of the second season in the sense that given all the all the news about racial injustice through all of this, through all the protests, we should not forget our history one right. and two celebrate. Right. So that's sort of kind of it's like a counter narrative to the oppression and the and the, and the negative media. Yeah. And so thank you so much for, you know, for writing these books. And I and I know, you know, these this what. Well, I don't know. I don't know if they were inspirations for for writing the book, you know, the social social movements, civil civil rights movements that we're going through now. But they're so important because, you know, I, I always say, you know, and, and I am a pediatrician and a black black mom as well. Right. And I know the importance of the experiences of vicarious trauma. Right. right. The experiences of racism. But that's got to be balanced. Right. That's got to there has to be an outlet. And I think these books are wonderful outlets. So long-winded way of saying thank you oh, for thank writing. You. Thank you. And, and, um, and to speak to a bit of what you just, just shared. Certainly, certainly. Yeah, it was it was definitely, I, I do see Ty's Travels as a, not necessarily a counter narrative to the systemic racism that we're going through, but, you know, definitely wanting to use it as a vehicle of um, liberation for kids or celebration. I love the quote by, Toy Derricott, she says, joy is an act of re- resistance. So, you know, oh, kind of something that blends all of those things together. And um, I think that kids, like you just said, 
are feeling the weight of everything going on, which is so heavy. You know, the pandemic and all of the police brutality. And, you know, sometimes we think that little kids like the, you know, pre preschoolers and the kindergartners aren't aware and they are and they feel it. And so um, my mission with Ty's Travels was to let kids know that I see them and I hear them and I love them. And I want people to see them as they are, as these beautiful kids with big imaginations, which, you know, who are brilliant and are wonderful friends and that the their their dreams just have no no bounds if we keep the world from kind of crashing down and you know crushing in on them. So that that was kind of the you know definite spirit of that book. And Sing a Song actually pays tribute to all the people who are protesting. One of the things that I love about getting to do what I do and center children is that kids have always been on the front line of making a difference. But throughout all of our civil rights movement and other movements for change, kids have been right, right, right there. And so that's why I wanted to show how kids were the ones that kept lift every voice and sing going as I continue through the different generations. Each time a new child is kind of gifted the song by their parents, the song becomes something they can draw hope and strength from. And so in one area, there's a um, scene where Dr. King has been killed and then the girl goes to school the next day and everybody's crying and she's able to draw strength from it and sing the song. So I wanted it, it to be something that connects all of us. You know, what's happening now, sadly, it isn't new. It has a long, you know, terrible history. But if we all work together and we listen to kids who, you know, often, you know, have, have such pure, pure hearts and beautiful spirits and make, make, make sure that we're thinking of them as we act and maybe we can finally get it right. I'm excited to welcome our new sponsor, Puzzle Huddle. Puzzle Huddle creates puzzles that feature diverse black characters. They believe that when children play with toys that feature images that look like them, they have the opportunity to be affirmed and engage in imaginative play in a very personal way. And I believe this brand really supports the mission of What is Black to help raise healthy and thriving black children through play and seeing themselves reflected back in the toys that they play with. These puzzles are also a great excuse to play together as a family. One of my favorite puzzles is Ballerina Love that I'm looking at right now. I was excited to unpackage it and actually put the puzzle together. It features a beautiful brown girl dancing. I'm ready to frame it and put it on my wall. It's that good. But there are so many other wonderful choices featuring characters that are doctors, which I love because I'm a pediatrician, scientists, and so much more. Buy your puzzle today. Check them out at PuzzleHuddle.com. If you're looking for another great gift suggestion for this holiday season, check out my new middle grade novel, Learning to Love All of Me, available in paperback and ebook. 12-year-old Sydney Taylor is used to people questioning if she's white because of her light skin and curly hair. After all, no one else in her family looks like her. Despite her physical appearance, Sydney has always known she's black naturally because her family is black. But lately, she's starting to question her racial identity. From her best friends declaring her hair too white to be braided to a classmate's twisted logic about a racial, about a racial slur, Sydney is more confused than ever. So when a sales lady threatens to call the police on her mom because of a dispute about whether Sydney is even her child, Sydney is even more perplexed. But when she finds a mysterious picture that unlocks a forbidden family secret, the truth about Sydney finally begins to emerge. As she searches for the answers about her racial identity, Sydney must decide if she can learn to accept and love all that she is. You can pick up your copy today on Amazon, 
Barnes and Noble and wherever you buy books. I want to segue a little bit. Not only are you a writer, you've also co-created the Black Bookshelf. So if you can talk a little bit about that for us. We were founded 13 years ago. And so um, every February for 13 years, we shine a spotlight on a different Black author or illustrator each day of Black History Month. And, um, you know, so we have this vast archive when people say, you know, I don't know where to find Black children's books or if publishers say, you know, I would, you know, um, I would give somebody a deal if I knew where they were. We know where they are <laughs> and we put them out there and we celebrate them. And our our hope is what it boils down to with publishing and with lots of field, fields is the dollar. So we we want to raise awareness so that people can be intentional about their purchases um, to speak with, you know, what they're buying and supporting. Because when Black children see themselves in books, their families, their history and their dreams, and that story is written by a Black creator, then they know that they can create stories too. So we really want to um, empower and inspire the next generation of authors and illustrators. Oh, okay. I'm down for that mission. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So we talked a little, we, we talked a little bit about, you know, um, sort of the inspiration and, and the, the relevance of the books now, right. Um, to everything that's going yeah. on. But I just wanted to talk a little bit more about, you know, your work with the Brown Bookshelf, right. Which I'm going to call sort of like, you know, book activism, um, literary activism, as well as your, you know, even your writing, how that, how that really, what is, what is the relevance of, 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 of the things that you're doing to current events, right? How do you, how do you feel you fit into this narrative of what's going on? Yeah, well, we actually just, I think it was last week, um, released a call to action on the Brown Bookshelf. It was um, part of a project done by steer, steering committee that included Brown Bookshelf members, Wade and Cheryl Willis Hudson of Justice Books, which is a his, um, a black family-owned children's book company. Um, we had Renee Watson, who's an award-winning author too, and we issued this call that really kind of laid out um, how the publishing industry can begin to try to dismantle systemic racism within its ranks, and uh, you know, work toward repairing some of the harm. And we listed some actions that we would like to have taken, in, including prioritizing the work of mid-list Black creators, hiring more Black editors at all levels, um, making sure that they're using Black marketing professionals, reaching out to black, to, to black educators. So, you know, part of what we do is we celebrate Black creators, but as activists, we're also pushing for change in every way that we can. Some of that is done through our art that we create, and some of it is more of a direct, um, you know, mission. And one of the other things that we, we try to do at the, at the Brown Bookshelf, along with 28 Days Later, this summer we launched Generations Book Club. And so we had uh, twice every month, we had reading recommendations from the youngest in the family all the way through the parents. And so we want to have the whole family that are that is reading together. We want to center Black literature. You know, often when you see recommended lists or lists of 100 children's books, everyone should know. <laughs> and then you don't see hardly any of us on it. 
that's that's wrong and that that's part of the system that has to be dismantled. So I think that we act in all of those different ways. I think if everybody creates change in their space where they are together, that'll be a really powerful movement, powerful wave. All right. And I totally agree, because, again, I'm just I'm just harkening back to some of the work that I do um, as a pediatrician with American County Pediatrics. Right. So we partner um, many pediatricians participate in Reach Out and Read, Mm -hmm. which is an early childhood literacy program that you may be familiar with. I have heard of that. That's amazing. Um, and so they they do they do provide their books primarily for kids zero to five. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think, you know, again, your early reader, I think, is great because they're not a, what, from what I from what I understand. They're not a lot of like even board books. Right. Or even um, picture books for that young age that are very, very diverse, either written by, you know, authors of color right. or have characters. Right. Because they're either, alpha, you know, it's either letters, alphabets. Right. And some of the work that we're doing, right, to to try to to try to address racism because it's a health, it has a, it's a, has an impact on health, right? Right, absolutely. You know, mental health, physical, social health, and so books, I think, are a great way to do that. And and I think sometimes as physicians, pediatricians, we struggle with what book list exists. Mm. So I think, I mean, I think, I think your book list would be great. And I know that I know it's been circulating. You know, when I've done talks and. Um, look, even looking online, I've seen, I've seen the Brown bookshelf more often, more frequently, which is great. So, you know, I'll definitely link to, um, to your resource. Well, thank um, you so much. The episode notes, because I, you know, being on the other side now, not really fully understanding the power that writers have. Right. Um, to really make a difference for kids. And as, as a pediatrician, I can use you all as a tool and as a resource, I think is, I think is great. So I, I love all, I love all the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. And I, I love and appreciate what you're doing too. I mean, Reach Out and Read is such an amazing uh, program and it really is important to focus on, you know, early literacy. And a, as you said, some, sometimes there's more um, focus on older readers and mm-hmm. we really want to start equity when kids are just just coming into literature and just coming into classrooms. You were talking um, earlier in the conversation about kind of the trauma of racism, which is, you know, so devastating and so heavy, but it, you know, permeates the the um, school school walls too. So you have kids that, you know, how, how does it feel when you're in a class and you're never reading a book about people that look like you? You know, that 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 is a sense of invisibility that kids feel. So it's it's really important to let them know that they're seen and they're valued and their lives matter. So I want to I want to dive a little bit, a little bit deeper okay. into. You know, again, you're a prolific writer, you have 17 books, right? So you publish so many wonderful books and I'm always intrigued by like, how do you come up with so many ideas, <laughs> right? And as I jokingly asked, you know, asked you the question, like, what's your, what's the secret sauce? Right? <laughs> well, ideas are everywhere. I don't think I'll ever run out of them. Um, and that the, the secret is really just to look at your life with a writer's eye. So what that means is, you know, every day we are making history. Every day we have experiences that, that have the seed of creating stories that are specific to us, but through the threads and the themes universal to others. So, you know, being open and, you know, kind of realizing that everyone is actually their own story. 
Um, and that's really when the ideas just start to flood. And for me, over the books that I've written, the inspirations have come from, you know, going to the Million Man March of a book called One Million Men and Me by a little girl and her daddy at the march. Um, from a song like Lift Every Voice and Sing. From my grandma's cookies, I have a book called Tea Cakes for Tosh. From Jumping the Broom, I have a book called Ellen's Broom. So they come from history. They come from memories. They come from observations. I have a chapter book series called Jada Jones, which was inspired by my kids and also kids I meet when I go to schools who are brave and are great, great friends and full of empathy and are willing to push themselves to try something new. So I would say for anybody who, um, you know, once they get started on the writing path, you just want to keep your eyes and your heart open. Um, a lot of people sometimes say that writing is putting your heart on the page. So you have to be open to the emotion of the story and the poetry of our lives. Oh, man, you can tell you're a writer. Oh. The poetry of our lives. That's nice. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so again, so we're going to, we're going to harken back to like how all these things connect, right? So you write, you're an activist, but you also are doing, um, you also have a book club for boys. So kind of going back, I guess, um, related to Thai travels. And I don't know if that, if they're, if they're, if they're related at all, they so are. we could talk a little bit about, about your book club. Yeah, sure. So I have a book club for boys. It's led by me and my soror and we've been doing it now let's see i think no what's sorority what's our, oh, what's um, sorority delta data sorority okay Del- <laughs> deltas are great they, deltas are great i'm a um alpha kappa alpha okay. yeah sisters so, you know? wait, I mean, we're all we're, just, we're all yeah. sisters yes so yes shout out to the deltas, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we um have been doing this since our boys were five and my son is 12 so seven years um and every month of the school year we, I, I usually choose a, a book. Um, the books are always by Black authors. Often they're Black boy characters. And we read the book and we talk about the book. And then we have some kind of extension piece. So for instance, when we read Letter Buck, which is by Vonda Michelle Nelson, illustrated by Gordon James, and it's dealing, it um, has a theme with horses, we went and took the boys horseback, horseback riding. When we read Sink or Swim by Carol Boston Weatherford, which is about the lifesavers, the black lifesavers of the Outer Banks, we went to the Outer Banks and got a chance to meet some of the descendants of those life, life lifesavers. So it's something where we want our kids to have a connection to books, to be able to bond as boys. One of their favorite sayings is black boy joy. <laughs> so they really uh, am embody that and just watching them from being little and you know running around playing superhero to um you know having fun uh splashing in water definitely i i drew from them as i thought about how i wanted to create thai because i i think too often people from outside of our culture look at our boys and make them in their minds older than they are and, you know, they're, they, they are sweet and they're innocent and they're, you know, full of, of, of love and, um, they're, they're so smart. And I just wanted that to really shine in the story in the hopes of, for the youngest readers having their introduction, they can see our boys and see themselves and also see them as friends. And I was thinking about it, it's like, 
if you haven't already done so, but it, I may be giving you extra work. I think that would be great, like a great um, resource guide for parents, like, you know, giving them tips. So like as you read a book, right, you know, where you can go, if, you know, during COVID, oh, right, yeah. during quarantine, you know, it's hard to go someplace, but you could go on the computer. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you, you think that I should make a, a tip list of connecting books with certain activities for people? Yeah, I think that would be great okay. if you have the time, but you've been well, writing I mean, a lot, so I don't know if you have the time. The good thing <laughs> is, I mean, it, it wouldn't be super hard because we've done it for so long. So I could even mm-hmm. just kind of share some of the things that we've done if it's of interest to anybody. Yeah, I think it would be great because, I mean, I hadn't really thought about that in terms of um, really relating the book to take, you know, taking a trip someplace. Yeah. I mean, I know there's some books. I mean, yeah, I think there's a lot of books that would, you know, lend, lend. Yeah, um, we always find something. It's, it's, it's not always a trip on the road. Like mm-hmm. uh, we were mm-hmm. reading Grandma's Records by Eric Velasquez and we took the boys to a local Cuban restaurant and they learned a, a um, you know, little bit of dancing there. And then we did, we read a book called My Uncle Romy about Romare Bearden. And then we had a local black artist show them, you know, some tips on painting. So I mean, it could be anything in your community too. It doesn't have to be getting in the car and driving somewhere. I mean, it, it, it can be somewhere close. Um, as, oh, and, as well as now, you know, with so many opportunities for virtual interactions, you know, you can get on Zoom with, you know, pretty much anyone. Um, and also there's a lot of museums that are having virtual tours. So you could read and then get online and tour something that has a connection. All right. So I think you've already started it. People are going to hear, <laughs> hear your wonderful tips, right? Uh, well, well, thank you for the idea. I might have to make that one of my brown bookshelf features. Yeah. Or that could even be a book. Can you imagine? Oh, I mean, the, the, you know, I might have to, uh, you know, give you a uh, finder fee if it's a book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking, I mean, cause I think it would be so cool, right? Yeah. I think. Be cool. Well, thank you. Thank you for the idea. All right. So now it'll be like what you're 100. <laughs> so before we head out, where can our listeners learn more about you, your books, your website, and all the wonderful work that you're doing? Thank you for asking. Yes. Yeah, so I have a web website. It's just my name, Kelly Starling, like the bird, lions.com. So Kelly Starling lions.com. I'm also on Twitter and my handle is at Kel Starley, K-E-L. S-T-A-R-L-Y. And you can also find out more about me through Vanessa Lloyd's Combody. She's doing such amazing things and has been doing it for decades. And I am working with her in um, her program. She has a one called I Read to See Me. So she's been connecting me with schools and having me do virtual presentations for them. If you have an interest in me coming to, to talk to your school, then she'd be someone great to reach out to. And her, her organization is the African American Children's Book Project. Thank you for joining us for another episode of What is Black Podcast. And again, I'd like to extend a special thanks to our special guest, Kelly Starling Lyons. She was amazing. And if you'd like to listen to other great episodes, please find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and so much more. When you're there, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us. We'd love to hear how well we're doing. And also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at What is Black. That's at W-H-A-T-I-S-B-L-K. And you can sign up for our newsletter on our website at whatisblack.co. Until next time.